everyone, it's your girl, Dr. Tomi, better known as Amahaba. So, welcome to the Wellness and Wahala podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Wahala means issues and problems in Nigerian Pigeon English. So, we go talk about current affairs, Wahala, how to avoid them, you know, how to overcome some because some are unavoidable. We go tell you about public health wellness tips. But today, the tables have turned. I'm not interviewing not a guest. So. Yes. I'm being yes, interviewed so. because. Because many people don't know about me, my background, and why I even started the Wellness and Wahala podcast. And I have a special giveaway at the end. So over to you, my host today, who will be asking me all of the questions. Hello, everybody. Say, you know, I don't see him. Um, yeah, I know everybody talk about Tommy Omar, Tommy, Dr. Tommy, Dr. Tommy. Dr. Tommy Omar, Then again, you like Dr. Tommy. Yes, Omomba, A.K. Omomba. Yes. So, you know, everybody, I, who, who be this Dr. Tommy Omomba? I want to know. You should Google me now. I want to know. Who be this? <laughs> who be this Dr. Tommy? So, for everybody in the house who want to know more about her, today is, today is the right, perfect day. Today, not today. Hmm. I know, go escape. Hey, okay. <laughs> no, Allah. So, you know, I just wonder. So, hmm, so let's know more about you, Dr. Tommy. Okay. So, please, I beg, may you now just introduce yourself and tell us, uh, you know, just little things about your education, background, Cut. experiences. I know so you don't work out. You don't work out tired. Oh, my goodness. We're going to be here all day. But I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, I have three degrees. So, I have a Bachelor's of Science um, in the Community Health from University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana. Shout out to my U of I people. I'm also the founder of the African Cultural Association, the African Student Union. And actually this year is the 20th anniversary of ACA. And uh, unfortunately due to the pandemic, we could not celebrate, but it's postponed. We go celebrate in the future. So shout out to my ACA U of I folks. I also have a master's in public health from Emory University in Atlanta. ATL is my second home. And I also have a doctorate of public health. I graduated last year from Capella University in Minnesota. I was able to do the distance learning online program as I worked overseas. So for the past almost two decades, I've been working overseas in um, across Africa. So from Nigeria to Ghana to Kenya to South Africa to Burkina Faso, Ouagadougou, to hey, Dakar, Senegal, I don't walk out. Plenty countries, we'll be to plenty, Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> plenty countries, plenty countries. Um, my last post was in Kingston, Jamaica, and I was the Deputy PEFAR Coordinator, which is the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. So it's a top presidential program tackling HIV and TB, which are the top two infectious um, global diseases, public health diseases. And I was in charge of the entire Caribbean program under the State Department as the Deputy Coordinator. Um, and Jamaica Kingston was the hub. And then we were also in um, Barbados and the Trinidad and Tobago and Guyana and a few other countries. So um, I have been blessed um, to work both here in the U.S. and in Africa and in the Caribbean region. And I have been able to contribute to save lives. Um, what I do is not a career for me, is is what I love. So hmm. thank you, thank you, Zah. That's just a brief overview. You know, I'm humble. At the end of the day, I, I like to be called a good and faithful servant. You know, serve, show love. That's who I be. 
So, so I want, I want to ask you. So, why do you choose your, you know, you don't your career? I mean, yeah. what, 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 what inspired you to, to, you know, because it's not what you did is not your experiences overall. Is, I was, I'm just amazed. So, overall, like, what, I mean, what, what is behind this? Great. So, a lot of people ask me that question because I was born and raised um, in Chicago, Chi Town, and being a first. Um, generational um, American so my parents migrated um, to America so they were on scholarships by the federal government they both worked at the ministry my mom worked in the Ministry of Education as the chief catering officer and my dad he worked in the Ministry of Mice and Power he was on scholarship he came to the University of Illinois to get his engineering degree and he did not go back he wanted us to have the opportunity he had all of us here to be able to have access to you know better education and and livelihood um when i was in college i actually my first degree i actually went to school for engineering many people okay. don't know um, okay. computer engineering and computer science um i i still like um the power of technology you know mm. so i still infuse that into my public health work um health communications I've done a lot of work um, putting together presentations and if infographics and webinars mm-hmm. online, um, webinars and trainings. Um, so, so I like that aspect and, and designing websites and um, social media um, posters and um, IEC materials, information educational communication tools um, for public health. But I was like, you know, I want to do something where I'll be able to touch lives. So hmm. that year, um, I, you know, I talked to my counselor, my mom. Um, lost her brother um in nigeria from tuberculosis tb and i was like wait and my mom was like tb is preventable you know Mm -hmm. there's there's drugs for it and so many people why does people so that like that ignited my my fire and thirst to learn more like why do people die from preventable illnesses you know so we are very blessed here in america mm-hmm. we have access to good health care technology um, the technology mm-hmm. the the resources and you know even though there's a lot of health disparities and gaps you know and racism and prejudice of course not. and, you know and things that exist here mm-hmm. too that also hinder a lot of minorities from accessing the best health care and i'll talk about that um later on about health disparities but i I really wanted to learn more. I said, okay, why are people dying of preventable illnesses? You know, so that's what spurred me into taking an elective in public health. I loved it. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And I changed um, my my major. I had to take summer classes, you know, because I changed like after my sophomore year. So I said, okay, if I need to, um, to graduate on time, I now, you know, came back and, and did summer school at South Suburban College and, and transferred my credit at U of I. So I, and I took like the maximum credit. It was like 18 hours or whatever. Like I, I did all I can do while being the founder of ACA, being active, you uh-uh. know, and then also working at McKinley Health Center, thanks to my mentor, um, Dr. Mecca Jerio, McKinley Health Center at the University of Illinois. I was working at the health center. Um, I was also a tutor, <laughs> you know, off campus. So I, 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 I've done a lot. Um, <laughs> now, what, now what was it, doctor? She so did. I got into public health, you know, to really help save lives and especially specifically from preventable disease and to really touch people that are most at risk and vulnerable. Um, that don't have access to the information and and the resources they need to to stay healthy. So another question would be like, so what do you like? What do you love about your job? Because I see passion 
I didn't just hear it. I see passion and I don't... So make you tell us now. Well, what I love the best is knowing that I'm making an impact. Um, most of the work that I do is behind the scenes. So I've done field epidemiology work. I've done work where I'll go out for polio immunization um, campaigns and we'll go door to door to churches, to musts. And, you know, we go into rural areas. We have to take the canoe, the boat, to make sure that we vaccinate people um, of a polio, which is a preventable illness. And polio has been eradicated in every country of the world, except I used to call it the four countries that were left then. Um, when I first started my career, I call it the pain country. So Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, and Nigeria, P-A-I-N. Um, India was able to eradicate polio. And Pakistan and Afghanistan and Nigeria, what they have in common is because of the insecurity, the terrorism, like in northern Nigeria, that's where we're actually having the problem hmm. of eradicating um, polio. And even where I I did my dissertation on, on polio eradication um, in Nigeria and how we can partner with like the defense agency. So the department, you know, Ministry of Defense, every military corps, they have a health corps. You know, they have mm -hmm. public health people, but they're armed. So they're the ones that can go and work with like the UN troops mm -hmm. at the IDP camps, which is the internally displaced camps to make sure that they train, you know, the caregivers in that camp to give out the polio vaccine because polio vaccines are not intravenous. You don't need a needle. It's like taking Tylenol or Panadol there. So you just train them on how to, you know, take how many drops mm -hmm. and otitont. So really like thinking out of the box on how we can be able to share information to help people save their lives, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of the thing is access to information. Because me want to ask you, what are the challenges? But well, you already mentioned those, any other challenges you face in the, on, the, on the field? Because, you know, uh, yes. you're out there, I know how difficult that can be. Yes, many challenges. So sometimes you're in places where, you know, they don't have uh, clean running water, um and um the electricity nepa you know taking light all the time and um just I, i would say another challenge is language barriers so if i'm in like the northern part of nigeria you know like i know pidgin english and broken english but like i don't know how or fulani and i think like the best way um to be able to communicate is to have people there. So I work closely with the community health extension workers mm -hmm. that are from that village. I work closely with the nurse, you know, practitioners, the public health professionals and epidemiologists that are there and the people at the local um, state ministry of health officials um, and federal ministry of health officials. So if I'm going to a certain state, I'm going along with colleagues that are from that community. You mm -hmm. understand? Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to translate and they'll be able to Um, and to communicate to the target population. Also, you know, I tell people, when you're in Rome, act like a Roman. You I understand? Saw, I saw. So I don't go into communities. I'm not flashy like, yo, this is the American chick. You know what I'm saying? From my No, I'm very humble. You know, I wear my native. Nobody gonna know that I date foreigner unless I talk and then they hear my accent. You know, and they say, ah, only bold lady don't they come. You understand? <laughs> But other than that, like, you know, the challenge is... I don't really see it as 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 a big challenge um, because, of course, I was blessed. The organizations that I worked with, you know, they took care of us. You know, so even in the most rural villages, you know, 
will be put up in a hotel. It might not be a five-star hotel, but I go manage. You understand? There's people that don't have any of that. They don't have a roof over their head. So in any situation, my goal is I'm there to serve and to save lives. So when you're focused on the goal, the hardships, you know, and the comforts, and it just makes me think about like all the blessings that we don't think about here. You know, we just turn on the switch. There's a light. You don't have to start praying. Like my prayer point change. When I go to certain countries, my prayer point be like, like Nepal, bring light to <laughs> Nepal, bring water to the water borehole, you know, the water high, people can just turn off the light. So, you know, prayer is like, oh, let the borehole work, you know, so let there not be any problem where I have to fetch water. So, and just in case there's a water promise, you always have to have like standing drums in your house so you'd have to put the fill water when there is water so when they take water then you have to boil it you know <laughs> she did, she did pray, say, I beg, uh, go make the mosquito vaca go under ah! control so yeah and wearing malaria having you to sleep under malaria bed nets you know things that you don't have to 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 think about here we're very blessed so so what is the best thing about your job or one one of the best things One of the best things that I love about my job is traveling, meeting new people from different cultures. I have friends everywhere that I have worked, whether it's from Dakar to Kenya to Ethiopia to South Africa, um, all the countries that I have worked. I've actually, those colleagues in Ghana, like those colleagues in mine, they were not just colleagues. Like we become like lifelong friends. You don't chop for food tire. <laughs> I like food though. Any country I go, I must taste the food. I must go to their local markets. I like to buy, you know, their native, like South Africa. They have really nice coral beads. Um, different places have different things that are specific to their nation. So I like to shop and I like to chop so um, food. So that's the way to my heart. If you want to get to me, take me shopping. Mm. <laughs> So, I think I don't ask you this question. Uh, who inspired you? I would say, like, personally, who inspired me, once again, was uh, my mom and, and her brother um, passing away. And, you know, um, I actually am, like, the first of, like, my family and my generation of, like, friends that I grew up with in the Chicago area to actually go back home. So many of our people that were like born in Nigeria and then they came here when they were a young age or older, it's different than they go back home. But I was born and raised here. So I actually got a lot of kickback from a lot of my Nigerians and Africans. Ah, that you're in America, you have a, a really good job. Now why would you go back and suffer? No, I didn't suffer. I still got paid very well. You know, <laughs> those agencies that I got paid in dollars. I worked for also a British, you know, NGO, humanitarian. They paid me in pounds. You know, they took care of housing. You get cost of living allowances. You get danger pay. If I'm in danger, I'm going to get them bonuses. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's some good perks that comes to serving um, and doing humanitarian or becoming a diplomat or, or being an expatriate. But you also put your life in danger. Like there's a lot of times where I've been, you know, in situations that it was just God that saved me. <laughs> like that so being on, on local airlines like there was one time when i took chachangi or sosolisa airline and like the next day that was when they had that plane crash and i'm mm. telling you like that plane like when i was on it it was sh it was like a downfall bus i was like yo like <laughs> i would never get on this plane again so i was not shocked like you know what i'm saying the next day like that plane crashed so i'm like jesus i'm like thank god that wasn't me so um 
you know, we don't have a, a, a good airline. We don't have a Nigerian Airways in Nigeria. We don't have a good airline. Even within the, the West Africa, it, it's very, very hard to travel within West Africa. Um, to go, like when I had to work in Burkina Faso, I left Abuja on the first flight, 7 a.m., from Abuja to Lagos and switch planes from Lagos to Lome, Togo, switch planes again. I don't even know where else we saw. I didn't get to Burkina Faso, Ouagadougou until like midnight. This is something that should be a 45 minutes <laughs> flight. One hour latest if it was a, a direct flight. So like things like that is is what frustrates me <laughs> um, when, when um, I'm in those type of situations or, you know, we're traveling by road. There's a lot of potholes. And just, you know, if, if you're in a diplomatic vehicle, you know, they don't stop you, police check or whatever. But still, like, it, it's just very frustrating. Um, you know, traffic, like, unnecessary traffic and just those type of things. Um, but other than that, it, it's, it's keeping focus on why am I here? You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, I'm here to save lives. There's some things, you know, that... Yeah, I wish we would be better, you know. <laughs> so there's no Delta, United, you know, uh, local plane. So somebody, look, that's a problem in West Africa. So to my aviation engineers, my aviation people, you guys need to come up with a good airline for Nigeria and uh, West Africa. Ethiopian mm. Airlines, actually in Africa, I can actually rank like all the um, airlines that I have been on who are the best. Ethiopian Airlines is by far number one the best. They're actually connected with um, the Delta SkyMail Sky Team. So if you're mm. on their freaking flyer, you actually get points and their service is superb. Um, I also like South African Airlines. Mm. It's, it's pretty good. The best airline in the world that I have been on, I've traveled, you know, I don't, I, I, I won't put even American or Delta Airlines as number one. My best airline I've been on was Emirates to United Arab um, Emirates to Dubai. Was, I would say it's like the number one, you know, the Boeing 77. The economy class is like you in business class. Hmm. My life. Their service. No, nah, this one, if we want to imitate anybody, like Dubai got their independence in 1960, Nigeria. Hmm. So I don't understand. Now, a lot of Nigerians go to Dubai to spend money. They like Nigerians. We help build that economy. Up. Get money, Anyways, that's, so, that's so, another day. <laughs> One serious question where I want to know uh, mm-hmm. is um, how do you maintain your work-life balance? Like, how do you try to put your work, your your personal life, you know, everything? Because when you once you travel, you travel, and it's not it's not like for one day or two. You'll be yes. gone for like days, weeks, months. weeks, months. Yeah. So how do you so, how do you manage to do all of that to be far from your family sometimes? Yeah. So if it's like short-term trips. Um, and work to we call them TDYs, temporary duty, um, and sometimes longer. So situations where I have to go longer, I usually take my daughter with me. You know, when I was based in um, Nigeria, you know, my support system there. I had a nanny, I had a driver. We lived a good life, um, but I would say when I'm when I'm back stateside and I have to do a lot of travel um, overseas or domestically, I thank God it takes a village. So like my work-life balance, if I didn't have great sisters, shout out to Toyin, shout out to Titi, shout out to my mom, um, and, and, and just- Great you know, winners. Just great winners, you know, those are standards, you know, and shout out to, to my daughter, um, 
my princess like those are my motivator especially my daughter like my daughter is the one that that keeps me focused you know when when things get really hard because my job is not easy um and now we're in the in the middle of pandemic <laughs> many people didn't know public health but now <laughs> with this COVID-19 they can understand the importance of public health frontline workers epidemiologists scientists health communication specialists like all of us have always been working behind the scenes to keep um, to keep the whole world safe, but we never got the credit. Um, so, so at least now in this pandemic, that's that's a good thing. Um, but it's it's really to have a strong village and you know work life balance. Like you need to take time for vacation. Like you know, I take my leave. Like I'm not other, I'm not like other people that I'm going to be overworked. No, they, if you're entitled to leave, you need to take your leave. You should not drain yourself because the work that we do is very stressful. So when it's time to take leave, take leave. Like my last leave, you know, it was short. The, the, I think Memorial Day weekend, me and my sisters and, and my daughter, we went to Puerto Rico. You know, people, ah, you went, wow, you went out of the country. I said, Puerto Rico is in America. You know, the ignorance. <laughs> I mean, there's so many places within even the U.S., U.S. Virgin Islands, like St. Croix, like my uncle, he's, he's there. Like there's places that, that you can explore in America and, and you would just have like a really good time. So self-care is key. Have a vacation. If you can't have time to travel, do a state vacation. You know what I'm saying? Just check into a hotel for like two days. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. Go to a spa, get a good massage. You know what I'm saying? And Take care of yourself. Um, listen to some good music. I love Afro beats. I love all types of music. Like you can give me, you know, country. You can give me Afro beats. Just give me something that 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 sounds good. Exercise is good um, to to stay balanced and um, light the candles. Watch some good movies. Netflix and chill. And 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 that's how I try to maintain my work life balance. I'm, I'm more of a homebody. I like going out and partying but I'm more like I, I did a lot I did a lot of that when I was in college so that's <laughs> so cool doctor told me I'm a so you know just tell us something that we, that like that we don't know about you you know that you want people to know I mean just something that just give us just something so, you know, we want to know we want to know you deep 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 inside we want to know you no wahala. So I will tell you guys um, something, um, a secret that many people don't know. So many people look at my my lifestyle. Make that delicioso. That this girl is very blessed, and I have been, and I'm humbled um, to have worked across three different regions and in many countries, and met so many people, and been able to work for great programs that have have um, really saved lives. But like where I, you know when I say I have arrived, yes. Is like my overall like goal is to one day be like an ambassador, you know, like a top diplomat or like um, and and not it can be here in the U.S. or even like you know an advisor to like the African Union, you know, on health matters, on public health issues, um, or you know to 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 Nigeria, you know, the Minister of Health or ECOWAS. But at that level of, I want to be able to develop like our own sector and ministry that deals with diaspora affairs. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that we have a lot of brain drain. We have a lot of brilliant Nigerians and Africans here in the diaspora, here in America doing great things. But we need to make 
the link and we need to be a lifeline to be able to go back and rebuild Africa and rebuild Nigeria like Nehemiah you know mm. in the Bible that went back to rebuild you know for the Israelites that you know their country was in ruin and he was able to get permission from the king to rebuild so you know my my dream would be um, to, to lead that diaspora affairs ministry um, as a top diplomat because at, at a political sphere, when you work in the private sector, you only can make a limited impact. When you work in a political sector in government, you can make a higher impact. I, you're, you'll make a global impact. You'll go to places where if I didn't work for the places that I've worked in agencies, I would never have had that opportunity. Hmm. So, so that would be like something that people don't know about me, that in every situation I'm content and I don't look at it as a title. Um, I try to tell people, don't compete. Because everybody has, you have your own unique fingerprint, your own unique destiny for which God has your created you. Your own talent for mm -hmm. such a time as this. So don't be looking at somebody else because you have lost it. They have their own destiny and talent. And you're supposed to use your time, your talent, and your treasures to serve God and humanity. It's not about you. It's not about flashy things. A great eye-opener was when I lost my dad seven years ago. And I was walking through, you know, as a procession. And the people were dancing. And, you know, we were going to his gravesite in Ikoyi Cemetery. And I'm like, Jesus. And I'm reading the different headstones. And it just says, basically, you know, from sunrise, when you were born, and when you're going to die. You don't know when you were born. Because even when <laughs> your mama got pregnant, yeah, they so give her... When my doctor, papa and mama, they do the thing. Yes. The doctor will give you an EDD, which is called estimated delivery date. Even the doctor not going to know when you go come. The time and the hour. It's only God. And nobody knows the time when you're going to go. But what you have control over is the now. When you're alive. The time that you spend now. How are you going to use? Everybody has a gift. But your gift is not for you. I've learned that, you know what I'm saying, through my career. My gift and my talent and my education and my experience is to be able to serve others, you know. If people want to learn more, I've helped a lot of people, you know, behind the scenes, get jobs in the field of public health, write recommendation letters, references, and, and just been a lifeline to try to help others. So that's what we're all here to do, you know. We all supposed to be able to serve God serve you know the people in our families and our communities just how we were out for this project hope and charity and don't forget the people that are most vulnerable and our you know the poor the homeless those people that are sick in the hospital in prison you know there's people you go to a hospital some people can't pay a, a hospital bill you have money don't be telling me that ah, i have bentley i bought this cars can you go can you no if you if i want to, you want me to salute you tell me oh i pay for how many people's school fees I say how many people to college so. that they couldn't go to college. I pay for how many people's hospital bill, you know, that couldn't, <laughs> that could not afford, you know, their, their treatment, their, their surgery. So that's how, you know what I'm saying? You, you are making a difference in your community, but buying how many, you know, luxurious things that is all vanity because when you die, when I bury my dad, you can't, you can't take any of that with you. So at the end of the day, like going back to, my original story of you know burying my dad and that was like the turning point of the eye opener in my life that um you know we need to focus on what matters the most and what matters the most to me is being able to help my family my community my nation um and using my time and talent and treasure to serve at the end of my life 
um, when I live long by God's grace, I want to look back and I want to be able to say, even this podcast, like this podcast will continue to live on. So something, this is part of my legacy. So my daughter can be able to go back, you know, and see, you know, the type of the work that I done and the type of people that I've met along the way. I've interviewed great celebrities. A lot of these people that I've interviewed on my podcast, you know, I've, I've known them through my work. And they're and they're good friends, so I, I'm just been blessed. Thank you, Dr. Tommy. So one more last question. Yes, sir. I don't want to take too much of the time because I must say for you, <laughs> she 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 will talk, <laughs> tell us everything, 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 everything. So you know, one last question is: so yes, since sir. you work in the you know healthcare, uh, you know, um, what can I say, uh, um, sector? So um, so here's one thing: so um, well, if you were in charge or if you have the power to change, to improve. What would that be like? What kind of improvement do you think in the healthcare? In the healthcare, the um, field of public health and in healthcare in general, um, there's a lot of things to fix. So I know be good. I can't fix everything, but the main thing I will focus on is um, tackling health disparities and also um, diversity and inclusion. So when it comes to health disparities, one of the, the key tips that I can give you guys to avoid a lot of wahalas now. So a lot of my physicians, so whether it be my, my daughter's pediatrician, whether it be my gynecologist, my general practitioner, my family physician, they are people that I know. You know what I'm saying? These are doctors that I know for sure that will have my back. So let me give you an example. Like, you know, my uncle is a dentist. He referred us to our family physician, you know, Dr. Shomade, shout out to him. Also, um, I looked up on children's healthcare. I wanted a pediatrician that was connected to a children's hospital here in Atlanta, and that is um, certified. So it's not all pediatricians that have their, their um, they have extra certifications that they have to do as a, as a physician. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can be a, a basic physician, then you have, you know, other physicians um, under the American Pediatric Association, AMA, and so forth, and just experience with children. So Dr. Susan Oyetunde, she's one of the best pediatricians here in Chicago. She was trained um, in South America. She speaks fluent Spanish. Actually, most of her patients are Spanish speakers. So, but she is the best. So even when I work overseas, she has done a lot of telehealth for me, mm-hmm. you know, meaning that I'm overseas. I'm with my daughter. She's sick and she will be able to help me, you know, and I'll say, oh, we took her to the hospital. I'm not still making headways. And she will be able to diagnose and say, okay, no, tell them to prescribe this, do this, do that. And, and, and then my daughter will, will be good. You know what I'm saying? So you need to, to, to really tackle health disparities. You need to make sure that you, you get doctors that understand you you see what i'm saying so if i travel to if i say i'm going to travel to nigeria and i go to her she will understand oh yes you need anti-malaria pills but if i go to another doctor that don't even know nothing about malaria they, they won't they won't be able to advise that you see what i'm saying so you need to be able to go to community even when you go to the er if you feel that you're being treated bad you should ask, you know, or if you're from a, a specific culture and you're used to somebody that's French speaking, Italian, you know, you speak multiple languages, you ask for a physician with your background, because more than likely, if you are attended by a doctor in your community, they're going to have your back more mm-hmm, than any so. other race. So that's one of my first biggest tips 
to overcoming those type of wahala. There's so many other issues that we need to address, but what can we do personally is that do your research. Make sure, ask for friends in your community. What doctor do you use? You know, ask for recommendations. You know, like my, all my doctors were recommended or I researched and I said, oh, and or, and was referred because, and, and then even when they referred, you look up online, do your Google search. You can look up, everything is posted online. It's transparent. So that would be like the thing that, and then diversity and inclusion. I love, you know, um, Asians and Indians and whatever. When they get into, into an organization, they bring in their whole people. You know what I'm saying? So we need to be able to be a lifeline. And when you get into senior management, be able to bring in people from your community. You know what I'm saying? To also work as part of your team. Hmm. And so that's what I would do. Ah, thank you, Dr. Tommy, a.k.a. Omoba. Thank you, sir. Thanks for your, um, you know, just, it's not be small thing, you know. You don't tell us about, you say you don't want to go to South Africa, you don't want to go to Senegal. Ah, ah, place where my papa never even go travel. Ghana, Ghana, everywhere. So thank you very much for your time, and thank you for your, you know, for the help tip that you gave to us. Thank you. Thank you for everything. So my people say you're not the year now, we'll, so um well one last question so well if you want to locate you contact you if tomorrow if i wake up now say i want to ask you one question now <laughs> eh, i'll i go do i mean what are the necessary things to do so please follow me on all social media facebook ig instagram is at wellness and wahala um is is the link and then also um, all podcast um, outlets. So from Spotify to Anchor to Apple Podcasts to Google um, Podcasts um, for all of you Android users. Um, so all podcast platforms, you can follow Wellness and Wahala. So W-A-H-A-L-A is Wahala and of course Wellness. So that's how you can um, get in touch with me. And I have a special giveaway. So I know this is holiday season. So, you know, to the person that, that, that likes, you have to like, you know, all of my wellness and Wahala Facebook, um, Instagram page. You have to write a comment. I want you to write a review and you enter to win a chance to get my mom's Tomiti cookbook. So Tomiti is a wonderful Nigerian cookbook. It's right now on Amazon, but I'm giving away one. Um, Tomati cookbook for free this holiday season so you get to cook some Nigerian food so if you have you know a spouse you know or a boyfriend that you know and he's African and you want to get to his hot hmm. a good way to get to him and ginger him hmm. his swag guy is to to cook him some great food especially jollof rice jollof rice is one of my uh, my favorite recipes you know so you can start off with that so thank you thank you thank you Dr. Tommy thank you bless up so I would like to leave everybody, at least I always like to leave everyone with an African proverb of the week. And one of my favorites is by President Nelson Mandela, which says, it always seems impossible until it's done. So nothing is impossible without Godo. Mm. Otherwise, it's impossible. All right. Oh Bless up. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>